Welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone had a great weekend. For those of you who get President's Day off, I hope you're having a great three-day weekend. Enjoy your extra time off. Today, I'm going to return to a practical topic of how to create local community. How can we create community in the local environment where we live? But before I dig into that, I want to highlight once again this month's podcast sponsor, which is Gold River Trading Company Tees. Gold River is the official tee of the American frontier, and that is where we find ourselves. We are on the frontier of what I've called the negative world of the 21st century, of a radical environment that's different than any we've experienced before. And we want some good beverages to go along with the hat. Beverages put out by people who share our values and don't hate us. Uh, and which are actually good quality and aren't cringe. That's a hard combination to put together, but Gold River has actually executed on it. They got green tea, black tea, herbal tea. There's a lot of great stuff on it, so check it out. Gold River Trading Company. It's goldriverco.com. That's goldriverco.com. And if you use discount code REN10, that's R-E-N-N-1-0, you will get 10% off your order. So thanks about that how to build community in your local environment. This is a question that comes up. We see that there's this loss of community, that people are lonely, declining social capital, but how do we go about trying to create something? So I want to share a few practical ideas for how you can go about doing that. The first ones, the first set of ideas are hospitality oriented. I really feel that hospitality is a great way to start building community. As I've said before, just inviting someone over to your home for dinner, inviting them into your life, that's a form of community building right there. But just having one person come over one time doesn't necessarily create real relationships and networks over time. To have the relationships, to have the networks, typically requires recurring interactions. I've said if you want to say that you have a relationship with someone, then you need to meet with them, talk to them at least three times. Uh, and at least one of those has to be face-to-face -face in person. It can't just be over the phone. Maybe I'll do an, another podcast on that at some point. But the same is true for having people over for dinner. If you invite somebody over for dinner once, that's great. You can all have a good time. It's uplifting, but it doesn't necessarily uh, create a community or create uh, relationships between people at a deep level. So how do we take it to the next level? One way is to institutionalize hospitality at some level. So I want to give you an examples of how to do that. And these are real examples that have been implemented uh, by people multiple times right here in Indianapolis, where I live. The first is something that is just called Sunday night dinners. And these are regular recurring dinners that people have in their homes on Sunday night that have both a fixed cast of characters and sort of new people who get to get invited into it. And this was developed, I think, by two separate people. Uh, one of them is a guy named Kyle Jackson, who owned a local independent record label here called Flat Earth Records that I don't think is active anymore, but was a bigger local record label back in the day. Kyle used to have what he called these stone soup dinners 
where it was sort of a potluck. Everyone would come over to his house and bring a dish. And it happened, I think, every Sunday evening. And the same people would just come over. And it wasn't the same people every week. Sometimes he'd just, hey, you want to come over for this dinner that we're having tonight? Maybe a person would show up once or twice. I did that. But there was sort of a core group that was there. And it sort of created relationships between that group of people. Kyle also, interestingly, uh, did, uh, maybe even still does, in-home concerts. So he's a music guy, and he knows a lot of you know bands because he ran a record label. So he would just do home concerts and invite people to concerts in his home. And again, many of the same people would come over. So if you're really into music, having in-home concerts uh, would be another one. So I think Kyle was one of the people that sort of independently developed this Sunday night dinner concept. And then another uh, couple that did something similar was John and Tanya Beeler. And I'm telling you these names, even though they're meaningless, because I like to give credit to people who do things and not just appropriate their ideas for myself uh, as much as possible. So John and Tanya Beeler, who lived not far from where I live now, they now live down in Atlanta, they started having these Sunday night dinners. And here's the concept of Sunday night dinner. You have four couples, basically, who uh, could be five couples, but I think it's usually four couples, who each Sunday night have dinner together. And the dinner rotates between the core members' houses. So, you know, once a month, I'm hosting it. Once a month, someone else is hosting it, uh, and so on all around. The person who's hosting it is responsible for providing all of the food, but you're only on the hook for doing that once. And whoever's hosting it gets to invite whomever they want to come join in. So you have this core group of people who really are building relationships with each other, And here in Indianapolis, that has usually been people in a neighborhood. I'll get to that in a minute. And then you've got all the new people who are being brought in and being connected. And this was kind of a fun thing. You know, I've been to several of them. I'm not a, a member of one of the core groups of one of these, but I've been invited to a couple of these. And this, I said, was an interesting one because it scaled. Uh, this was a... Uh, community building exercise in which was promoted in these urban neighborhoods that people were starting to move into to kind of get people connected and to start building relationships with the neighborhoods. And I don't know how many there were, but just in one neighborhood of the city here in Morton Place, there was supposedly four of these different dinner groups going on. So it had built up to quite a number of people were actually doing these regular recurring dinners on a Sunday night. And I believe uh, that the person I'll mention in a minute played a role in helping to get these uh, set up. Uh, so again, you have to have a little bit of organizational, social entrepreneurial ability to, to corral people and get them done. But setting up something like this, almost like a church home group in some respects, uh, it, but focused on hospitality and not necessarily limited to people in your church, is a way to start building community in a particular neighborhood. And it was devised and used for that purpose you know, probably 10 or 15 years ago here when, again, the idea of people moving into many of these urban neighborhoods was new. So this Sunday night dinner concept, it's one you could take, you could adapt, you could do in many ways. A second thing that was devised, I'm going to guess maybe five years ago, uh, was this porch party concept. This was one uh, that, uh, again, is kind of specific to a place like Indianapolis, 
we're you know a, a smaller city, uh, but we don't have you know the dense packed streets of New York. There's not a lot of street life in our town. It's more built like candidly an overgrown small town in a lot of ways. But what we do have is houses with porches on them. And so if you live in a city in the Midwest, most cities are kind of like that, where there are a lot of places with porches or small towns. A lot of times you have porches. Just having a Friday night or Saturday afternoon or some type of day where you just have people over and you sit out on your porch and, you know, drink some beer, have some wine and cheese and things and just have people over for that as another alternative way of creating sort of a, a social atmosphere and community. And this one was developed by a woman named Joanna Taft, uh, I believe. Joanna and Bill, her husband, are, you know, dynamic duo of social entrepreneurship. You know, they've been involved in starting schools, community redevelopment, art galleries, starting churches, and, you know, independently and together, they have both done a lot in this community. And, uh, you know, Joanna is the, is the Uber networker, and, you know, she runs this art gallery, and so she was able to sort of meme this thing into existence where a lot of people on specific dates, I think they originally did it during the month of May, which is Indianapolis 500 month, where there would be these porch parties people would throw. And one of the nice benefits to this is it not only brings people together in a neighborhood, but it also puts people uh, sort of on the urban street front in a way that you don't ordinarily see here in Indianapolis. Again, it's not like a Chicago or a New York where the streets are just full of pedestrians walking around, walking into shops. This is much more residentially focused, less street life. But when you drive down the street and see people hanging out on their porch, sort of like maybe people hanging out on their stoop in parts of New York, it creates kind of urban activation as well. So that's another interesting little thing you can do if you have a porch. If you don't have a porch, you can just do backyard barbecues if you're in the suburbs. Start doing things on a regular basis Try to get a regular group of people to be there, plus bring new people into it. And if you can do that, you can start building community. And there has to be a level of intentionality about it. And there also has to be some level of social entrepreneurship skills, for lack of a better term, in doing it. Uh, you know, I'm much more introverted. I'm not the natural social butterfly. So it would be more difficult for me to do it. I'm not saying I couldn't do it. But some people are more natural fits for this than others. Uh, but especially if you got one person, um, like, say, this Joanna Taft, who's like an Uber networker and just very, very, very good at social entrepreneurship, somebody that can help, like, get these things going. I think you could create a lot of community through these things. I've seen it right here uh, in Indianapolis. Another one that people do here uh, were these, I think they were quarterly uh, supper club events. These were, you know, this this happens everywhere, so I'm not saying this is anything unique to our city, but basically this group of, like, cool kids, tech people, I believe, you know, found some corporate sponsors and started doing these curated dinners uh, once a quarter where people would come in and have a big private dinner and have a lot of fun and do a big discussion of some topic related to the city. Uh, so I went to one of these and talked about urban design and quality of design uh, which I'm a big fan of, and a lot of people don't think that. <laughs> they're they're more much more pragmatic. And so we had very good discussions about that. So you can think of any sort of curated dinners, uh, discussions. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different formats you can use. There's a bunch of these out there. I'm not saying there's anything special about what, what this one was. But those are things you can do as well. 
uh, to start having little curated dinners to talk about a topic uh, could be fun, could bring people together. And there's probably many templates you could probably download for this off the internet. Those are sorts of hospitality-oriented or entertainment-oriented ways to think about building local community. Another way you could think about it is to find existing organizations to get plugged into and to volunteer for. Obviously, you could just volunteer for a local ministry of your church or one of their many independent ministry partners. Every city I know has a ton of them. Uh, But there are probably also many civic organizations and civic events where you lead, live, in which there is a tremendous need for new blood. And a lot of these organizations, baby boomers or older people, are the backbone of the organization. And to some extent, it's their fault that they never recruited in younger generations or let them in. But you could probably get involved in planning some annual festival or something in your town, volunteering for that, just volunteer for something that's already there. Volunteer uh, for the Lions Club. Get involved in the Lions Club or something like that if you have a Lions Club. Maybe that's not your thing. I'm not saying you have to get specifically involved in that. But there are a million organizations you could get involved in. I tend to be down on neighborhood organizations. So neighborhood organizations or block club type things. I, I've never seen one that I'm like, wow, I really want to get involved in this. And they're often kind of uh, political and cranky. And you know, I mean, If you're involved in one of those and you run one of those, great. If that's great for you, you can look at it. That's one that I think might be a logical choice for people but maybe uh, maybe not the best uh, entree into trying to volunteer for something uh, because I think they tend to be quirky and they're often anti-development and, and many other things. So find something that does something practical. Uh, maybe your neighborhood has an annual festival or there's an annual parade or something to do with the county fair. There's got to be something that you can get involved with and just volunteer for because There are existing organizations and events that represent community and social capital that many of them are dying. And again, it's very easy to say, let's create new things. I'm always in favor of creating new things. But if nobody ever wants to get involved in existing things or old things, then we end up, uh, you know, just letting everything kind of die off. And we're constantly starting things that last a very short period of time uh, and kind of fail. Like these dinner things, my guess is they won't sustain themselves for a decade or more it's something that goes for a period of time and then you kind of like, you know, people move, circumstances change, it's not cool anymore, and it kind of just dies off. Nevertheless, if even if you just did it for a year, you've built real relationships between real people because they had dinner together for 12 months, so it's worth it on that. But institutionalized community is also important and things that can last, you know, longer than a short period of time are also important. So I would encourage you to look at any sort of event or organization that's been around for a while and just say, is this something I could get involved with? Often they're interested in uh, new uh, volunteers. So that's one. Or, you know, your church, let's say you're part of a church, you could host an outward-facing event in your church. You know, tons of churches uh, are sponsors of annual festivals. Catholic parishes are famous for this. Uh, You know, it's fundraisers, obviously. I live in the old Italian neighborhood in Indianapolis, so the parish in my neighborhood was the Italian parish. Every year they do Italian Fest, and it's really amazing. I mean, the food is very high quality, and it's all homemade, and like, wow, uh, that's this is really cool. And so a lot of these Catholic parishes do sort of ethnic festivals, depending on, you know, what ethnicity that parish was back in the day. 
those are good things. You could always think about uh, doing something like that. Your church could be involved in creating, you know, those sorts of events. Uh, but again, probably already on your radar. Outward focusing, uh, focusing events are another way to do it. But these are a few practical tips. Uh, I really focused on what you as individuals could do more so than what you as sort of an institutional leader of a church could do, because I think most of the people who listen to me are individuals and don't run institutions. Hospitality uh, is really the core, and there's multiple ways you can structure that. And again, getting involved in existing civic institutions shouldn't be too hard to look them up. Volunteering for one particular annual event is probably good because then your max burn is low uh, and you probably don't ever have to do it again if it doesn't work out. You just try it out. Uh, those are just a few ways to think about creating community where you live. So thanks a lot for listening and I will talk to you again next week.